Well, thank you, church family. It's a joy to be a part of this family with you. We do things alongside each other. We empower each other. We encourage each other. Different things around the church building, you'll see are flares of people's personalities, and that's because uh, we are, in fact, who? The church. That's who we are. And no matter where you worship, no matter where you move, no matter what you do, no matter where you stand, the point is to be the church. And being the church alongside you guys is super awesome. Hey, we're in a series right now called I Have Questions. We all have questions. Today we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna raise a question that is going to raise more questions than it will answer. Isn't that a great time? And so we end up going with all these questions and all these thoughts, and I want to encourage you and empower you to study these questions for yourself on your own. Do not just take my word for it. You should go back to God's word and you should go, at, go through it and try, try, to, try to see, okay, uh, it, it, did he study it right? Let, let's kind of see how this is going. And, and, and I would uh, empower you to, uh, the more questions that pop up, try to go through some of those questions as well and try to see where God leads you. First week, we learned that when people are hurting, uh, where is God? And we learned that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are called to strengthen, encourage, and empower each other. The week after that, when I am hurting, why does God feel far away? Uh, well, we talked about, do you need help or do you need someone, or is there someone around you that needs help? We wanna be available, we wanna be ready, we always wanna be on task, uh, ready to go. And last week, I gave you a little Jenga block. Remember we had a Jenga uh, thing up here, a big tower, and Jack and I, uh, Jackster, we, uh, we were playing Jenga with this, and it fell over, and people downstairs thought that the speaker fell. And they were like, oh no, the speaker fell. Um, forget the fact that I was under it, but they were worried about the speaker falling. I get it, I get it, it's an expensive thing. And so we, had, we, talked about, we talked about this thing about taking a block, and the point of the block was for you to keep in mind what part are you going to work toward rebuilding? What part are you going to work toward rebuilding? So God has a specific plan uh, for your gifts and your talents, your abilities, and the goal of you is to be a part of a church family to support and encourage one another. So we said, if God is good, why do bad things happen? Well, uh, we can't always understand why things happen, but we can jump in and try to make things right. Well, today, we're going through this idea of prayer. When life hurts, is God listening? When life hurts, well, is God even listening? Is prayer, I mean, then this raises more questions. Is prayer even for real? Because if I'm going to wonder whether or not he's even listening to me, then I have to be believe whether or not prayer is even a thing. I have to, I have to come to some sort of conclusion that prayer matters. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about prayer. We're not going to be we're not going to dive so much into how to pray, uh, though we will touch on that a little bit. We're just going to focus on, you know, is God really listening? Because you've gone through seasons of life just like I've gone through seasons of life where you feel misunderstood. Right? Have you ever had that moment where you feel like, man, is that frustrating too? Where you feel like you're you're getting your point across. Maybe you're in a in a crowded room. Uh, Trevor and I went to the Browns game uh, last Thursday, and uh, it was pretty exciting. We had a lot of fun. It was so loud, and people were so 
animated in their appearance and language that uh, we couldn't even hear each other next to each other. So we're yelling, right? We're saying things. And so we have those moments where it's just, it's hard to hear. It's hard to be heard. It's hard to really comprehend and understand. That's why people get wrapped up in the, people get wrapped up in, well, what did you say? Well, I thought you said this. And were, were you really listening, right? If you have, a, come on, spouses, you've had those conversations. I know I had those conversations. Did you even hear me? Oh, exercise? I thought you said extra fries. I'm not really sure what you're, what did you say, honey? And so here we think we, we know what's being said. And then we take that humanity and we say, okay, so we're going to shift that up to God and, 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 and view him through our humanity. And we want to know, are you even paying attention are you even listening? Think about it. You think that people are, you're getting it across, and the person goes, wait, what, what? And you come to find out they didn't even hear you. Maybe it's that conversation that somebody was on their phone, right? My favorite thing uh, to talk to somebody, uh, if, they, if, they're in the, if they get an important text, I choose to go with the thought of um, they just had to take it. And so just like that person that cut you off in traffic, I choose to believe they really had to go to the bathroom or there is an emergency. That's how I lean. You know, I don't really get mad about it. And so I'll wait until they're done. That's cool. It's all good. You know, you, you, you finish up because I want to make sure I have your eye contact. I want to make sure that I have your attention. I want to make sure that I'm heard, right? Do you have that? I want to make sure that I'm heard. And I want to make sure that you hear me and understand me. When you feel like you're not being listened to, it's just flat out annoying, frustrating, and even painful. This is true when we're communicating with other people, but it's true even when we're communicating with God too. So follow with me for just a moment. There are a lot of reasons why you might ask this question, but it tends to, uh, to get asked most often when our lives feel difficult or painful. The question is, God, can you hear me? Right, you're familiar with the Verizon commercials that are way played out. Can you hear me now, right? Uh, can you hear me now? And we walk around and we say, can you hear? And so we do the same thing. A lot of times it'll happen right in the middle of a time where you're actually praying, and then those thoughts will come over. Is he even listening to you? And we know from studying God's word that the devil does not want you to commune with the Lord, spend time with the Lord, be with God, have a friendship, a relationship with the Lord, so he will get in your head, and you just gotta constantly be on guard. That's why we're told to put on the armor of God. Always be ready. You just don't get a break from this battle. The moment you stop is the moment he's like, eh, they got complacent again, all, all power over here now. And then they move and they shift and all of a sudden something happens and we feel, oh man, why am I being so attacked? Well, because we, we get so wrapped up in our own heads and we say things like, can you even hear me? And we will resolute that. We will say, oh yeah, God can hear me. God can hear me. He hears everything I say, of course. Uh, but then we feel as though he doesn't. So God can you hear me? When you're trying to communicate with God, you can't typically hear or even see with your eyes what he's bringing to you. God is spirit. We are spirit. And so God's spirit talks to our spirit. That's a whole more profound level than us just sitting down having a conversation. But, but let's be real. Wouldn't it be amazing to like have Jesus like sit down with you for like, Sometimes I think five minutes would be enough, but I know that ain't true. 
um, maybe an hour a day. G- give me a day. Give me a year. Can I just walk with you for the three years? The disciples got three years. Can I just be there? And then you begin to understand that we have such a complete understanding of who Christ is. I don't have to sit down face to face, ear to ear, and talk with this man, Jesus. I can see and I can hear with my spirit. It's understandable that you might struggle to connect, fear you're not being heard, feel like God doesn't even care. Come on, these are real feelings, are they not? These are real feelings that we have felt uh, a lot of our lives uh, because we will get wrapped up in how we feel. So especially when life is painful and you uh, desperately need to know that God hears you, it makes sense to wonder when life hurts, is God listening? I don't think we have a problem believing God hears us when things are going good. I think we just live in our own world believing, oh yeah, God is just good to me. God is blessed. I, I know he hears me. Everything's all fine and well. But that moment things start going a different direction than you think it should, now all of a sudden we wonder if he has abandoned us because somehow pain equals God leaving us. And we have adopted this idea that if God is with me, I'm going to be happy. Sometimes, somehow if God is with me, I'm, I'm going to be pain-free. And we know from the study of, of the Apostle Paul that he struggled with stuff. He had this thorn in the flesh, so to speak, something that he wanted gone, and God said, no, it's a good reminder of your humility. It's a good reminder that I'm in charge, not you. And Paul just had this natural bent, possibly, to go towards this level of arrogance, even. And so he was constantly focusing on, listen, it's not about me. It's not about me. The things that I want to do, I don't do. I do, I don't do. And you just, you just listen to the heart of Paul, and you can see that he's struggling with these things. But he had to believe right, that God was going to hear him. In the summer of 2018 was probably the most uh, stressful uh, summer I had ever experienced in my entire life. And it was, it was full of relational challenges. It was full of uh, then all that stress, you know, stress affects your body, and it began to take a toll on me. And I didn't understand that because anytime that, anytime that I was here and I was with the church family, it was all good. But I began to see that I had allowed certain pressures to overwhelm me to a point when I was around um, different settings, it would, just, it would just come over me like you could just feel this. If you could imagine being hugged by barbed wire, for a minute. Every time I knew I was going into this certain environment, I felt that. And so I prayed through that. I prayed over that. I had a playlist of music on, uh, on, in my car that I could hit it so that I could jam on the way to this environment, knowing that I just need to fill myself up with something so I can get my cup way full so that when it gets depleted, I'm still going to be okay. And I did everything I possibly could. I found myself uh, get having, you know, uh, chest pains. You know, stress will do that. And of course, whenever you have stress pains, people don't mess with that. And uh, you go and you get it checked out. And the doctor said, nothing wrong with your heart, nothing wrong with your heart. And still feeling this chest, still feeling this chest. So at 38 years old, I had this, uh, this um, what, they go into your heart and they look at it. There it is, heart cath, right? 
and they went up through my wrist. Thank the Lord. <laughs> went through my wrist, and they did this thing, and they said, it's fine. Everything's fine, which is interesting because it was so much tension. I remember one morning, I was having an unusually like heavy, heavy morning, and there were, my body was just gripped with pain. And I remember, I remember uh, standing in um, Shelly and I's bedroom, and my, my, my head was on her shoulder. And, and, and as, a, as a grown man, just sobbing. Because I didn't understand what was going on. So I had conceded that this must not be where I'm supposed to be. And so at the time, I went to my boss, and I submitted a letter of resignation. I said, this is clearly not the path that I need to keep heading. And through God's sovereign uh, design, um, he did not accept that. God did not accept that as uh, me, me being, being okay for me to leave. And um, things began to change. He began, I, at that moment, I began to see how he was working, and time in those environments was changing. And so as I began to realize I cannot control other people, I simply just need to lean on the truth, not leaning on what I feel, but leaning on the truth that God is good all the time. He's sitting on his throne. He's calling the shots, and even if he's not giving me a play-by-play, -play, he's still allowed to do whatever he chooses to do. I don't need to know all the details. I just choose to believe whether or not he is uh, there, and he rescued me from those moments where I began to just rest in his presence. Same environment different perspective. I rested in the truth that God had me rather than anything else. So does God hear our prayers? How do we know for sure? Are there prayers that God pays more attention to, right, more questions? Is there a way to make sure that God hears what we pray? There's so many different things. You can go online and say, if you want this, then pray this. If you want this, then pray this. And I am all about guided prayer time with the idea that, hey, if you're looking to focus your attention around this, here's a, a good uh, template or a good concept of a prayer, um, and then having that conversation with the Lord. But uh, if, I, if I choose to believe that God's word is true, right, if it, and, and that my heavenly father is really my heavenly father, uh, then I don't need to go to him with a script to be able to get him to hear me. Because not one time have my kids ever come up to me and said, hey, Dad, I got a question for you. Father, the one who loves me, who birthed me, provided for me, can I please go to a friend's house? All due respect, your son, right? Like there was never a moment. It comes out a little bit more colorful than that. But the idea is that we're supposed to have this relationship and so when we think about prayer, I want us to keep this in mind. Every prayer is a conversation with God, and every conversation with God is a prayer. Psalm chapter 91, we talk a lot about prayer in the church. Prayer uh, before services, prayer during services. We even say, hey, go home and pray during dinner. 
uh, well, pray before dinner, whenever, um, pray at bedtime, pray whenever. We talk a lot about it, but sometimes I think we miss the mark. Maybe just me. Maybe it's just me that misses the mark, but when I think about prayer, I think through the Christian checklist. Um, Okay, so if you're going to be a real good believer, um, you need to read your Bible, which is true. You need to pray, which is true. You need to spend time, which is true. Giving and serving have these different lists. And unfortunately, prayer time and Bible reading time, regardless of where you put them, uh, have been separated. But today, I'm hoping that we can look at how your time in God's Word and through prayer are actually meant to be together. So let's look at Psalm chapter 91 here. I'm going to read through this. And while I read through Psalm chapter 91, I want us to think a little bit about uh, this question. What do you think the psalmist might have been going through when he wrote this? Now, there, it's, it's not authored necessarily, but some, uh, some uh, traditions would say that this could be Moses that, that wrote this. It could be David. Um, but this is a prayer. Uh, this is a time that, we're, that this person is going through some stuff. And so regardless of who it is, what do you think the psalmist, the writer here, might have been going through when he wrote this? So I'm going to start in uh, Psalm chapter 91, reading through these verses. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Now, these two next two verses will be very familiar coming from Matthew chapter 4 here. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. These are the, the, the scripture passages that Satan used to tempt Jesus. Whoa, that really happened. Satan used scripture that he would have known, even being a Jewish man, especially being a Jewish man, and when he said these words, hey, throw yourself off the end here because you know that your heavenly father, and he tried to get in his head. Continuing on here, you will trample upon lions and cobras, and you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. 
I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. So let's think about this. What do you think the psalmist here is going through as he's writing through this? Because it seems like an empowering prayer. It also sounds like there's a lot going on at the same time. The author of this psalm lists all sorts of difficulties that people uh, may have been dealing with right then and there, but also uh, could have been dealing with in general. Enemies, diseases, fear, attacks, armies, death. Now, we may not always feel a sense that there's an army after us, maybe the way that they did, but we do know what it's like to be afraid. We do know what it's like to have enemies. We especially know what it's like to have diseases. There's so much going on. We know what this is. We know the attacks. We know when somebody's lying about us. We know when these things are happening. So these are timeless moments, timeless situations, timeless difficulties that at any time somebody can experience these things. We don't know exactly what the author was experiencing when he wrote this psalm, but it sounds like something pretty rough. If it was Moses, it could have been written around the time that they were in the desert for 40 years. That's a lot going on right there. There's a lot of heaviness, a lot of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of doubt. But even though he's hurting, he manages to write a prayer declaring that even in difficult times, God always, this is what he lists out, protects, gives, rest, gives us rest, is safe, can be trusted, will rescue us, cares for us, is powerful, is with us, and is listening. So we know that the psalmist is writing all this heaviness, right? The kids at school are picking on me. I've got this, 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 this thing in my life that, is, that people are teasing me about. I'm confused about people in my family. I'm confused about people in my town. I'm confused about life. I've got all this stuff going on. And even in the midst of difficulty and challenges, he's reminded and he declares. It's not even so much that someone comes alongside and says, well, you know God's good. Well, you know God's with you. You know God protects you. This person chooses to declare with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, so to speak. Protects, is safe, will rescue us, is powerful. Even though I feel and I experience these things, here's what I know to be true. Somebody say true. We mess that word up a lot today. Well, what is truth? You know what? There's a lot of stuff out there today. How about we just start here? Okay, let's just start here. So when you're praying, okay, so have we even answered the question yet? Does God listen? This is something that you need to sit on as you read through God's word because time and time and time again, especially in the Psalms, as you're going through the Bible and learning and allowing God to speak to you through his his complete revelation here, then you begin to have that conversation while you're reading. You see how others have done it, and you begin to take that in to say, wow, they went through so much, and yet they will still honor God. They still believe God was listening and hearing. 
yes, I can do that too. Can't. I can. Somebody say, I can. But only, listen to me, church, but only in Christ. Nothing apart. We can do nothing. Listen to this. Nothing apart from Christ. We are completely, 100%, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, dependent on the blood of Jesus that saved us from our sin. Nothing, good people, comes from us. The only good that anybody sees is the Spirit of God that is within us that then comes out. Make no mistake, it is not me. It is not you. It is the, it is the Spirit of God that lives in us that enables us from different backgrounds and thought process to come together as a church family and say, I choose to love you. Wow. If the church in America today would choose to love like that, imagine what could be accomplished. Like, for real, I've heard messages like that before. People say, if the church would come together, this would happen, and we'd get so excited and go home and change nothing. So it's going to start with me. I'm reaching out to people I don't want to talk to. I am bridging gaps with people that I don't know I can trust. I am choosing to offer a hand in the possibility it will get slapped away. But if this idea that I'm supposed to love my enemy, so to speak, right, um, then I have to because Jesus said to, which means I really don't get to choose to say not that verse. I'm actually going to lean on the truth of God, ready for this, and trust his outcome. I'm going to lean, I'm going to pray, I'm going to read through the Psalms, and I'm going to see how they cried out to God, where are you? Have you not heard me? My enemies are approaching, they have their sword at my neck. Hello, do you hear me? Do you see me? Do you have any concept that I'm going through this now? And in that moment, and I keep being reminded of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they stand at the furnace, had to have been feeling the heat because they turned it up sevenfold, was it? And the guards that threw them in were burned up. It was that hot. In the midst of feeling the heat, they still said, oh, our God can rescue us from that. But even if he doesn't, we still won't dishonor him by bowing down to what you think is God. I'm still going to follow him. Because if I die by any means, that means that I am now ushered into the presence of my heavenly father. I still, by the grace of God, win. I still win. Only by the grace of God 
when we pray, pray honest, pray hard, pray loud. In the book of 1 John chapter 5, we read, we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything. That verse isn't done. We like to stop it there, but check this out. Whenever we ask for anything, that pleases him. You see, you can pray and pray and pray and pray for all the things that you want and everything you think you need, and then God gets to decide based on his will how that plays out. So just because he didn't follow through the way that you think he should have followed through, guess what? He is still in control, and he is still calling the shots. You get to decide whether or not you're going to lean on his sovereignty or yours. Oh, but God, didn't you? What do you mean, oh, but God? I'm telling you what, I would have such an attitude if I was God. I would have such an attitude to be like, who do you think you are? Don't you know that I've already seen this? I've already gone through this. You did this if you did this and this happened. And don't you understand? That's where we miss the character of God. Does God listen? Well, if he is all present, all powerful, and all knowing, you better believe he hears you. You better believe he hears anything and everything that's going on. He is fully aware of what's happening. He is not confused or abandon you. He did not go on a coffee break. He did not take any sort of time off. It's just that because you didn't see him doing a thing, you automatically assume that maybe he's not paying attention. But I'm here to tell you that if you read your Bible and pray in spirit, these two together, you will see that God hears you even if he's quiet. You know you don't need a response from me for me to know that you hear me, for me to hear you. Like, we could sit there and talk. Now, we like to do, like, if we're having a conversation and, and I do this, I do that, I probably do that more than I should because I'm just constantly, I'm trying to affirm people, like, they're talking, and I want them to know, I hear them, I hear them, and sometimes I have a hard time paying attention, so I need it for me. And so I'm just going, yeah, okay, yeah, I've got to stay engaged, stay focused. And so we don't always get the head nod from God. We don't always get those moments of like, okay, Gordon, yeah, I know you're going through a hard time. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I get it. Um, that's what people dealt with all throughout uh, Scripture. Israelites, you know, God would go silent, and then they would be like, well, I guess he left. Oh, yeah, I remember that whole like walking through the sea thing. Oh, I remember that, that, that it closed it on our enemies. Oh, I remember that he fed us. Oh, I remember that he did. Oh, I remember that they... But now, our timeless God, our unchanging God, must have changed and must not know what's going on now. Vision leaks. That's why if we just lean on what we think we knew, then that starts leaking out. So on a regular, daily basis, prayer and reading continues to fill up that cup with holes in it. If you just fill it up once in a while, over time it will leak out and you'll start wondering, where is God? So keep pouring it up, keep pouring it in, keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Oftentimes we have, we have this view of prayer that we just, this morning we did it a little bit differently as we did prayer time because uh, we missed this part. You know, we, we pray and we say, hey God, will you please take care of my friends and please watch over us and please get rid of this virus and the flu with that if you could and cancer, let's take that um, 
sucker, and let's get rid of that one for sure, and let's just, if you could do that, that'd be great. Hey, what's going on? Are we going out today? And, and we have this one-sided conversation. So what it often turns out to be is that our prayer time turns out to be like this, right? Where we got this situation going on um, where we're like, all right, you ready to pray? <laughs> let's do it. Don't worry, I took out the batteries. And so... Everybody in here right now was worried. No, I did that because I figured I'd hit a button. And so they, they get their megaphone, like, you ready to pray? I'm ready. Let's go. And we say, Lord, I got a list for you. And then after I'm done doing my announcing and my declaring, hey, uh, in, in your name, go do it. I don't even know that we really say Amen. Right, because amen means an, an agreement with you, you choose, I'll follow. No, and that's the show, folks. And so instead of doing this, perhaps we do it a little differently. I have these really cool headphones that I got um, on Amazon because every the, Amazon's taking over the world. And so I got these and the reason why I got these is because um, I have a hard time focusing. You know, sometimes I just, I, I could be at my desk and there's activity going on or whatever, uh, or even at home, you know, even at home stuff going on. So I put these on, and the reason why I put these on is because I can, I can they, 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 they cup right around my ear there, uh, just, like, just like so, uh, which is really weird to even hear myself with these on. And, and I have this, this noise in, in my ears that's playing, and it's nothing more than white noise. It's a fan, and I have it in my ear, and no joke, this will focus my attention because all these other distractions are out. I can feel my mind just let go of everything else, and I have these on. And when I'm in the office and I'm focused towards the wall and people come in, um, I'll, I'll turn and there's nobody there and then I'll have these on and about a half hour later I'll turn back and the room's filled and there's people and I'm like, whoa, sometimes they need to get a hold of me and they'll come tap on my shoulder or they'll try not to scare me and they're like waving and, and stuff like that and, and, and the reason why they have to do that is because I got myself so focused that nothing, intentionally, nothing takes me away from what I'm focused on. I'm spending time thinking, right? So that would be my, maybe some outpouring, but I'm also spending a lot of time listening. And I'm hearing what's going on. I'm hearing stuff. I'm hearing what God is teaching me. And it's not an audible thing for me. Um, that would be super cool. But it's just moments of inspiration that I choose to just push back to God. Is this you? Okay, I think this is you. So our prayers need to go from a megaphone to a headphones. Spend more time, or at least as much time, listening than you do talking. And this morning was really, really hard for me to do that because we had people walking around praying. I said, halfway through, I want you to stop talking and just listen. And I was just like, this is different. We need to do this more. 
When was the last time you said, okay, God, those are my thoughts. Um, what do you think? And then, and then you got to be okay with what he's about to say, or not say for that matter. But we can be confident that he hears us. We can be confident that he's with us. So what I'd like us to do here is, I'd like for us to keep something in mind. In our pain and uncertainty, God loves and hears us. You with me? In our uncertainty, in our pain, God loves and he hears us. We need to get to a place as the church of Jesus Christ where we hold hurt and hope at the same time. God, where are you? I choose to trust you. God, why is this happening? yet you're my rescuer. I'm in pain, you're the answer, where you hold hurt and hope at the same time. There's an incredible practice that a group of people will do over in Jerusalem where they'll go to this wall. It's known as the Western Wall and uh, also the Wailing Wall. Now at this wall, Jews will go and they'll pray and they'll write little prayers on the piece of paper here and they will lean against the wall here and take this prayer slip it into the What's interesting about this wall is this was part of the temple, the earthly presence of the living God before Jesus. Now this isn't an actual wall, believe it or not, of the temple, it's an outer wall. But people are longing for hope so desperately. They'll use anything to be able to feel as though they're more connected to a living God. But I'm here to tell you that in this system that Jesus set up, as much, and I considered this, in 2018, I wanted to go there because I figured maybe he wasn't paying attention in Ohio. I get it, the weather's rough, but maybe he's not paying attention here because it just wasn't getting easier at the time. So I figured I could do this thing and God made it super clear to me, um, you don't have to go there. You can still do this because I am not in one location anymore. I have left the temple. I am now in these mobile temples, us. So that presence lives in you. I was like, shoot, there we go. I don't have to fly. I don't have to do any of that. But there's so much value and strength that grows inside of me when I can write down or talk through my prayers. 
So what I'm going to do over this next minute is I'm going to pray for you silently, and I'm going to invite you to come down and grab a piece of this card. And I want you to take this with you, and I want you to write down a prayer on this card and place it somewhere where you'll remember. If it's a super intimate thing, right, fold it up or stick it in your Bible so the next time you go back to your Bible and you begin reading through this, you can open up your Bible and you can read what's been going on. So we'll take a moment as I pray silently. You are empowered to come forward and grab a card. If you're in the uh, balcony, you can come down now or after service, it's up to you. But I'm gonna pray for you. And everybody close your eyes, bow your heads, and let's give everybody a moment of uh, time to themselves and the Lord, feeling strengthened that even if it is a very difficult prayer they're dealing with, we will not give in to pride that says, oh, what if people wonder if I'm struggling? Hey, guess what? You are. I'm struggling. You're struggling. This world is struggling. And our only hope is heaven. So let's get over ourselves. And let's get on our knees and talk to a living God that wants to do something radical in your life. So as I pray, come and grab a card. So God, there's a lot in this world right now that we can be wailing about. There's a lot that just, just cripples us. Things are going fine, and then all of a sudden, bam! And when that moment happens, we find ourselves getting busy with other things, rightfully so, but then we replace our time with you with that busy. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, as your church, and everybody individually can make their own choice, we need to choose, and I choose, that when things get hard, I'm going to believe you're listening, and I'm going to hold on to you tighter. I will not allow anything to interrupt my time with you my fellowship. It doesn't matter if that interruption comes in the form of a person, a thing, a place, or an event, or any other gathering, but that we as the church will come together 
not always about what we need to get, but equally about what we have to give. Because as people are here today, we need them just like they need us. The church gathers, the church encourages, the church blesses. The church reminds that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the son of you, your son, and everything hinges on that. His life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And now we wait for his return. So God, as we pray over these difficult prayers, remind us in the name of Jesus, only your voice being heard, that you do hear us. And then we're going to trust the outcome, no matter how hard it is. Because there's nothing else in this world we can trust that is consistent, that is perfectly holy and righteous. So when we don't get what we want, please comfort us. Help us to grieve well, but not like those who have no hope, those that have hope in you. Thank you for being a part of this whole morning. It's incredible. Usually by this time that we start talking to you, I almost feel like I'm finally letting you into a conversation here, but I believe you've been a part of this the whole time and probably every week, but right now in this moment, it just seems extra. So God, thank you for being so present, so available, so loving, so worthy, so holy, so righteous. We're going to follow you to the very end. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So our big idea, right, when I'm hurting, when I'm hurting, is God listening? He sure is. Stand with me now. And as we get ready to take our next steps out, let this be a reminder to you that when uh, you go through your week and you're talking to God, Think about one way you can be more honest about your thoughts and questions when you talk to the Lord. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now say with me, go and be the church.